You're tuning in to the Copacetic Hour. This is the Copacetic Hour. Why don't you just chill? Why don't you just chill? Why don't you just chill? Yes, this is the copacetic hour. Copacetic is a term meaning everything is fine, cool, and in excellent order. This podcast is an area for open discussion, but not for the weak-hearted nor the simple-minded. And although we may not always agree, we will always exemplify respect. But at the same time, nobody, and I do mean nobody, is exempt from getting these jokes. Everything is copacetic. Yes, this is the Copacetic Hour. How's everybody doing today? Doing good. That's what's up. That's what's up. Introduce yourself, please. All right. Well, my name is Gigi, Gigi Jackson. I am the lovely wife, if I do say so myself, of the host, Five. Um, Just excited to be on part two of our Black Lives Matter episode. That's right. My name is uh, Ali Muhammad uh, from Highland Park to Kalamazoo right now. You know, just like like she said, getting ready for part two. My name's uh, David. Um, I'm just sitting over here just waiting for the second part of the podcast. First one was good. Hey, hey, I'm Kay Lewis. I'm coming at you from Northern California, born and raised in Battle Creek, though. Um, so I'm excited to get into part two today. What's up? My name is Khadija. I am originally from Benton Harbor, but I'm here residing in Kalamazoo going on three years. Um, and I'm just ready for part two. I'm ready to dive in. What's going on, man? It's your boy DQ uh, from Saginaw. Uh, staying here in Kalamazoo right now, being here a nice little minute. I'm damn near local, but <laughs> I'm excited for uh, part two, man. Part one was pretty fun, so I'm definitely excited for part two. Let's get it. Let's get it. Hey, y'all. So since part two has happened, like, I mean, since the first part has happened, it's been a lot of crazy shit that's been going on still. Like, it's like we discussed all this shit, and then it, like, got worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's mind-baffling. Like, okay. They hanging niggas some trees now. Like, there's no other way to put it. And then the police is talking about, oh, it's just, it's suicide. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's suicide. Like, everybody being hung from a tree cannot be suicide. You know what I'm saying? That's not a, that's not a thing. First of all, black people don't hang We don't hang ourselves. <laughs> the number one method of suicide, if we want to talk about suicide, is with a firearm. Thank you. And that's across race. That's across race lines. That ain't Thank got nothing you. to do with whether you black, white, that don't matter. Yeah. That was definitely racially motivated. You tried to make a statement. Thank you. It's happened in a few other places. It's happened in Texas and a couple in California. And then there's like another one. Oregon. In, in Oregon. Yeah. And then there was that Spanish cat in Texas that too, they said he was suicidal. My thing is like, how, how do you like, hang yourself from a tree in public and not get stopped. Like you would need like an eight foot like stepladder 
and then a rope and then put it around the tree and then tie the and, noose. And, and then like, either try to like, in broad daylight like, and then kick that shit off like it's like Shawshank Redemption or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. it's it's like, how did even, you get up there? You're not even because when you go to these sites, the ladder's not just sitting there. Right. And that that was my thing too. I'm trying to figure out was there any other like physical evidence found at any of these places, or did they just walk walk into a dude hanging from a tree? Like that shit crazy. But if you look at any of the stories, they're not giving no details on nothing at all. Like nothing at all. So I don't know. All that shit seems fishy to me. Because they're reporting it as something that didn't actually happen. So there's no details to give. They haven't made them up yet. How ironic for it to be going on right now, though. It's like this crazy. I think the other thing, the other thing too, is like what I was reading yesterday. um, One of them. Was is identified as a man, but is a black trans woman. Right. And mm. um, her like her mother has said like there's no way, and that she was seen as homeless and a transient. When in reality, like homeless people have a community. Just because I don't live in a house doesn't mean I don't have a community. Right. Exactly. Right? And and a lot of people don't like it's. There's so many things that go into it aside from just like the race and the climate of racism that we're in like that just make it that much more like how are we still how are we ignoring this happening in several different areas on top of everything that we're doing right now it does seem like conspiracy to me it's, I, I just hope they they're not trying to like you know send a message because that's exactly I mean, that like stir the pot that'll make stuff a lot worse than they they, they really think like that's well, this, is, this is not our grandparents civil rights movement like that stuff it, it's not gonna fly in 2020 so I just hope I just hope it's it's all coincidental and not you know done purposely. I, I think it's I think it's the latter of what you're hoping. Yeah. I think it's the I think it's the intentional epitome of exactly of everything you and I hope it does. Um that's why I'm a big proponent of you know, I say it all the time, you know, black folks, Spanish folks, you're a person of color in this country in general, and you don't have a weapon, you can own one legally, you're setting yourself up for failure, in my opinion. I mean, there's a small chance it could happen, but with the small chance that it does, some crazy shit can happen you would never think, or at least you would hope would never happen, and it can. It definitely Um, can. They they want violence. That's that's what the right-wing extremist groups are always about. They're not just like the the cats where retarded Southern people like burning crosses and shit anymore. It's not really that no more. They blend in with Crowd. They got tactical gear. They know how to make things look differently. They're invested, obviously, in law enforcement. It's really, it's cryptic. Yeah, they, I think they want it. Okay, I agree. Like, um, so at this time, I was looking for things to look into about lynching and how it started and all these these other things and. I pulled up, uh, it was a documentary on Ida B. Wells, how she was like one of the first, you know, historical figure writers to start, you know, documenting, you know, lynchings, you know what I'm saying? And lynchings happened because black people ended, uh, got out of slavery and we got to a point where we started to be influential economically, you know what I'm saying? And to stop us from wanting to do more things, they started lynching black people. Like one of the first stories she wrote about was about this black uh, grocery store where this guy owned it in partnership with like five other people. 
and it was outselling the non-minority grocery store, um, and they hung him up in front of his store, just like the Spanish guy, you know what I'm saying? And and I'm like, wow. So that happened in the, what, the 20s, 30s, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, in reality, the, it actually started a lot earlier than I mean, that. not the 20s and 30s. I'm sorry, it was the 1800s. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm I'm saying it still existed during even during slavery. Yes. Yeah. They would they would lynch yeah. slaves that quote unquote misbehaved and sentence them mm-hmm. to death in front of other slaves. It was, a town it, was a, it was a town thing for these people to do like their county fairs. Yeah, it was it was a public public entertainment and a scare tactic at the same time. Coming uniform. That's why, you know, when you, you talk, we talk about the that kid in North Carolina that had that armed cop um, coming up to the uh, the door with a bunch of people just unarmed, I mean, ununiformed and armed. Yeah. Should have been this thing in the door like, yo, you're going to let us in. I mean, that's, he doesn't realize it probably because they don't have to pay attention to history like that. But that's, that's, um, that's deep. Yeah. And when you think about, you know, stuff like this can only happen if there are like these predator, racist, supremacist groups in law enforcement. You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely. The people who are, you know, sworn or whatever to protect us, they are the ones that are letting these things happen. They are the ones in position and in power. Not all the time, I'm not saying that it, it happens everywhere and all the time. I'm not saying there aren't any bad cops, whatever. You know what I'm saying? There's a, but they say one bad apple spoils the bunch. You know what I'm saying? I saw a quote where it was like, you know, police are being upset. And, I, and there was even this video of the New York police officers like, you guys are blaming us for one bad apple or whatever, something like that. And I, I saw a meme. I, even, I saw a meme that said, you know, now you guys want to operate with, um, what's it called, with context. Because not all black people are bad either. But you still treat all black and brown people the same way, like we're all criminals. Now you want the benefit of the doubt. Where's that benefit of the doubt when it's not on you? And I was like, man, that's deep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's deep. I feel like stuff like that is really why, I mean, if if, if the whole policing thing is, is going to work, they got to get closer to the community. Like, yeah. they got to actually know the people in the community before they could, you know, try to strong arm people and stuff like that. So Facts. I just feel like that, that gap got to be closed because, I mean, it, I keep trying to say it could get a lot worse because, you know, in these times in 2020, people just, they, they, they on the edge, you know, so they, they kind of looking for a reason to, to spark up. So, yes, I mean, I just hope stuff, I, I hope they relax, you know, because open carry, Michigan is open carry. Yes. You know, we about that close away from seeing, you know, people just walk around with their pistols out yeah. to protect mm-hmm. themselves. Yes. Yeah. I definitely agree. Moving into that, our next segment I want to get into is qualified immunity. So for those who don't know, qualified immunity, especially with law enforcement, is designed to protect all but the plainly incompetent or those who knowingly violate the law, as in police officers. Law enforcement officers are entitled to qualified immunity when their actions do not violate a clearly established uh, statutory or constitutional right. So 
that whole thing where they can claim that they were scared in any position, you know what I'm saying, that when they're in a situation, that'll qualify as qualified immunity, stuff like that. So they're trying to take that away. It happened in uh, Colorado this week. Uh, They took Mm -hmm. away qualified Mm -hmm. immunity uh, in Colorado, which I think they need to take away all across the board. Uh, And it doesn't just need to be in as in criminal charges needs to be in civil court as well, because you got to hit people where it hurts. You know saying? You do something crazy. You lose that hundred thousand dollar pension that you would get when you retire. You know what I'm saying? That you're going to get every year. So that, that'll make you think twice about doing something that you could be, you know, charged for in civil court. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, we live in a, you know, we're the non-minority. So we live in a country where the minor, the uh, majorities, they love the police. So, they, you know, it ain't nothing to risk uh, a criminal court case. You know what I'm saying? If they even go to who, you know what I'm saying? How many officers even go to trial? You know what I'm saying? If that, you know what I'm saying? It's nothing to risk. You know what I'm saying? You got They got to get convicted. It don't matter about them going to court. You know what I'm saying? So I think they need to do the criminal, of course. But I think just as important, the civil uh, court case need to be implemented in that qualified immunity as well. You know what I'm saying? Because and when you're going to be, you know what I'm saying, you work 20 years and you take away that $100,000 pension that they got coming every year and it goes to that family of the unarmed minority that you kill, you're going to think twice about killing people. You know what I'm saying? You're going to think about it. You know, so one or two of them are going to fuck up because they just racist, but then the rest of them motherfuckers are like, oh, shit, I can't, we can't operate like we used to. Are you if you already got the money though? What you mean? Like if you already wealthy, like is it gonna matter if I gotta pay? Because like in reality, half the time when those when those civil cases come about, like it's not like I'm cutting you one big check. That's an yeah. installment over years, That's decades. Mm-hmm. Like in the reality, my kid, you know, like kids, kids ain't even gonna see all of that if they see any of it. Cause like, what do I like? Cause then it's following up to make sure that I'm collecting on what that is. Right. Right. Because right. I can, it, we can go to court and say, you know, I, you got to pay me however much hundred thousand money. For the, for but the then remainder. if nobody follows up on that and I fall behind on payments, who going to check? Facts. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. It's definitely a good point. Uh, I was just so about, to, I was just about to say that. Those I was just about to money. say that. Man, soon, soon as somebody get fired, I guarantee you, uh, uh, GoFundMe be up for them. With a hundred thousand, Candace Owens got one going on right now for Rayshard Brooks, uh, killer. Candace Owens just started a GoFundMe or some type of thing for Rayshard Brooks, uh, killer, right? It's crazy. I don't want to give Candace (laughs) Owens no love because the more you talk about her, the more she becomes this super saying racist figure, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Where you can't you can't defeat her for whatever reason because she, she she's smart. You know what I'm saying? Now, right now she feels you know she can't be touched and all of that shit. But when when them people turn against her, then she gonna be wanting right. us to be like, oh, you know, protect the black woman, protect you know, do this, do that. Like, mm, no, for this one time, we not gonna protect the black woman. You know what I'm saying? I'm she, sorry. No, she, she got she got it coming though. She got you know what I'm saying? coming though. You know, she's gonna have it coming, but she don't realize she that did. when you don't defend your own people, the people you defended, they don't trust you either. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. They, they they probably and think I definitely worse. don't trust no girl. I definitely don't trust no girl with uh dead ends and no edges. <laughs> so Thank he you. already got her Thank coming. You. Already accuracy. That's the funny. accuracy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's already there because since that's funny. Gone. Like, I mean, she probably. It's phase one is implemented. So she, she has disgraced the black community so much, she probably can't get into a decent hair salon. So she over there oh, super cut. So exactly. <laughs> we gotta let her live her best life because that's all she got left. That's all we did. Man. Oh, man. All right. For, for also, you know, fuck Candace Owens, goddamn it. But. But qualified immunity is a bunch of bull crap because it leaves it too open for them to play. I didn't know that that was a constitutional right of theirs. Like that's it's it's a bunch of bullshit. It's a bunch of bullshit. Like, like the like one of the examples that they gave when it was like I had read it. Like I had like looked it up, and so like one of the examples that they gave that an officer got off on was the police officer tased a pregnant woman and claimed he didn't know that it wasn't okay to do that. Yeah. How do you know that it's not okay to tase a pregnant woman? Yeah, when, like, when does come- I feel like the pregnant woman baby inside the womb knew think, it wasn't think, okay to tase a pregnant right. woman. That's beyond common sense. So like Khadija was saying, you know, with it being too, too broad on what constitutes qualified immunity, I actually, started looking it up today too i started looking up like youtube videos so i could get a, like a real explanation of it and one attorney on there was saying that it's so broad that if there's no precedence in a case before what happened they qualify for qualified immunity that's regardless crazy. of what happened in front of you so like if you it, well, we can cuss now like yeah. if you fucking <laughs> in the face with your left foot and every other motherfucker kicked her, kicked the other person on the ground with their right foot, that's a difference in the case and there's no precedence. You get qualified immunity. That's crazy. That's what I, I mean. That's not everything on it, but that's some of like what the attorney was saying. It's so broad. You can't. It's almost endless to what they can do to say anything. Like even the stupidest, stupidest thing is I didn't know. I mean, I couldn't say that shit since I was like 10. Thank you. Right. 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 They know it's going to work. That's not an answer. Exactly, because nobody and get held accountable. Facts. Because they're just and following Because they need to strike that down. Because they, 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 they won't hold them accountable. It's, it's, it's hard to hold somebody accountable when everybody even above you is doing the same thing. We gotta, you got to understand, like, when you, when you start a job, you, you typically start off perfect. You know what I'm saying? You're not doing anything wrong. But when you see everybody else in the department, you know what I'm saying, doing the same thing, you're going to start mimicking those same behaviors. And then right. some of those same behaviors is violate people, uh, violate people's rights, uh, do whatever you, you know what I'm saying, whatever you got to do to fuck up a black man's life and you would get a slap on the wrist or probably, you know what I'm saying, or mm-hmm. it'll disappear. They're going to continue the behaviors. But nobody comes into, into something with that mindset already, like, I'm going to do this. You know what I'm saying? Typically, you want to see what's going on with your peers around you, and you're going to start to mimic that same type of behavior. All that shit start from the top, man. They need to just get rid of all, all that shit from the jump, if you ask me, man. I mean, and if we look at the history of the police, like, even saying, like, everybody around you at the top, there are probably people who are encouraging that behavior. It's not yeah, just... Absolutely. 
oh, I'm, you know, I'm chilling and I'm gonna do this thing, but you do you over there, pimp. Like, nah, if I'm doing it, you gotta do it too, because we not, if I'm, you're not gonna turn me in, you know? Ironically, yeah, the, the people that are supposed to stop criminality uh, abide by criminal rules quite well. Right. I mean, but if we, like, like we said before, if we look at the history of police, it's not that ironic. No. Like, if not. we look at where police, like, the police force was incepted from, right, like, the inception of it, it's not that ironic. So, that, I mean, and that was why I'm, that's why I can say that I feel as the way that I do about the future of not having that as a protect, like, don't get me wrong, there are other ways that we can protect ourselves, and it is also a phase. I just, I'm over all this money we could put into all these other things like you telling me that's like billions and billions of dollars at this point that we could put into right. mental health care and rehabilitating folks and making sure everybody got food to eat because if i got food to eat i don't want your food right right like I, I, just, I was um i was talking to this guy that's from the um well i wasn't talking to him like on the phone oh, I was, shit. Like, on social media I was just playing. Oh, whatever. <laughs> but I was talking to this dude from the UK. Okay. And he was just telling me how, like, they police officers over there, like, don't even carry, like, firearms. Like, nope. they don't carry weapons. Like, they can't have them, like, period, at all. So I'm just like, how come, like, America can't, like, adopt that? Like, it's completely possible. Like, it's completely but, possible. I disagree 100%. It is. But also in, that, in those areas, they're not like their citizens aren't walking around with weapons as well. Exactly. So there has right. To be I mean, so I'm just saying, like, what what are what are some of the things that they're doing that you could like? Okay, like, how do well, we get like? There? Let's adopt that. You you, I mean, you, 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 you that's you not gonna happen. You're, they're not gonna give up their guns. Yeah. They're not There's gonna no give utopian way to give them up. The cat's to. out of the bag with it. It's if all, you try yeah. to take them in that kind of a stance, and you're talking about mass violence, that's like the second thing they will trip over. I mean, they trip over certain brands back in certain people. Yeah. All you got to do I is mean, say second amendment rights and they're going to be out there kind of a thing. Are we uh, already in a state of, of mass violence? No, I mean, I, under not, not I understand. What, no, hold on. Let me finish. I understand what you're saying. I understand completely because one of the things that I was reading was I started reading um, about like, I think I was on either the Southern Law, the Southern Poverty Law Center or the ACLU. Mm. I don't remember which one. But I was reading about um, like the operations of various hate groups and how it, it's not, it, the violence is like the driving force, but it's also violence and segregation. Like it's not, and I don't mean racial segregation. I mean like in segregated. So like our crew is over here. We don't know what you, like that, that's protection, right? If I only have the people from my chapter, my city, my, my place, then if somebody mm -hmm. else comes in, I'm, I'm going to assume that they're trying to infiltrate, even if they are on my team and we about to turn up against them like it's been it's it's like that for the protection of the of the actual group itself and so i understand what you mean and i like my point would be like we we know that they're pushing towards that right we know we're pushing towards like this massive violent end game what happens after that because we're still going to be here that's, oh, that's where true. that's where I see the rest of that, that. When I talk about the abolishing of police and like those things, I talk about we. I know we're probably going to get to that point because there's no there. You can't you can't unlearn that if you're an adult and you're in it that deep. Like you don't want to. You know what I mean? Right. Like nobody's gonna be like, yes, I want to. I want to actively learn not to be racist anymore. If they're a part of that, like they don't see that. Right. 
that's like a, and I, I, I hate to even look at people as a lost cause. I have a hard time doing that as a teacher, but that's where we are. Right. right. So after that, what do we do? Well, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I just think that there's a real big underestimation of the type of violence I'm talking about. Like, you don't see people out in the streets right now in groves normally with guns. That's what I think it can get to, to be the normalcy to see in the streets. You still walk around and you're not worried at least 85% of the time of getting shot. Like, there's still, oh, I yeah. mean, how many guns do we have in this nation per person? It's like four to one. And the people right. that don't care that are sociopaths that we're talking about, mm-hmm. they're they the people more. that have the majority. <laughs> no, I, and <laughs> I, I, so, I, 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 so, like, I mean, the end game is fine, but if we don't understand how to survive to get to that point, because let's be honest, how many people on the quote unquote left? or from black and brown communities or how to survive outside all these things that we take for granted and laugh at that they get taught just to do as like their pastime right yeah like how to how to make a fucking noose that's why it's not Mm -hmm. fucking suicide we don't just grow up learning how to tie ropes and shit that's not something that on the normal you know what i'm saying that we learn you know what i'm saying like how to what tree was strong enough to hold my my weight so I can hang myself what branch. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit's not it's not a thing. It's not something we grow up learning and teaching. Not not everybody, but I'm talking about the masses. Like most people don't grow up going camping and shit like that because our communities can't afford it. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, it then it's not something that's passed down. Like your granddad didn't take you and his granddad didn't take him. You know what I'm saying? It's just not something that that we that we were, for one, probably not able to do, you know, because of Jim Crow. You know, saying you out sleeping in the woods, they probably bust your ass, and you never come back from from sleeping in the woods. You know what I'm saying? But, but is that what know? white people do on camping trips? Do they teach their kids people? Be wild. Is that what white people do on camping trips? I don't know what they do on oh, camping trips. I've been on a few white that. camping trips though. I'm just like, I wouldn't dang. go that far. I wouldn't She's go like, that that's far. what happened on all those trips. Like, I don't know. Like, no wonder my parents didn't let me go camping with them. I know. I did. Okay. Nah, I've been on a. I've been on a few camping trips. That wasn't never. I mean, maybe that. Was I'm not saying. That I'm not like, oh, saying that. Maybe not today. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that when, like, I did Tiger Scouts when I was a kid. They. Come on. They teach you like it's so cute. whatever. They teach you like how to tie ropes, different knots or something. That's like the first shit you start out doing. You know what I'm saying? When you earning the little badges and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just not something that if you don't get into programs like that, and Battle Creek is like a a diverse melting pot, you know what I'm saying? In the most cases. Not not I'll really. Call it melting pot, because melting pot is like just saying the fact that you don't like see me for who like see me for who I am and we all the same and I'm not the same. Okay. We like a color like we like a colorful salad. Okay. You know a seven layer salad. A seven layer salad. Like a melting yeah. Okay. A melting pot means that you want everyone to assimilate and behave in one way. And that's just not how any group of diverse communities are gonna behave. It's it's an it's not possible. I agree. Seven layer salad. I agree. Lifestyles is a men's and women's clothing store that carries exclusive quality labels.
Their mission is to bridge the gap between mainstream fashions and luxury brands. They're the go-to place for the latest fashions and trends. You can shop with them online at lifestylesapparel.com. That's L-I-F-E-S-T-Y-L-E-Z apparel.com. And follow them online at Lifestyles Apparel on all social media outlets. While you're at it, visit them at their brand new Memphis location. Back to the podcast. We have a special guest that has entered into the podcast today. We have Miss Montez Morales running for County Commissioner of Kalamazoo, Michigan for District 2. How are you doing today? I am well. Thank you all for having me. I feel honored to be amongst colleagues and former students. So this is a blessing. Thank you. That's great. That's great. We are super excited to have you on this week. So, Montez, we just want to know, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're running for county commissioner? Absolutely. So I'm Montez Morales. Um, I am originally from Bridgeport, Connecticut. I was a homegrown KPS student in Kalamazoo. So I graduated from Kalamazoo Central, went to a HBCU, found out how um, black I, I needed to become, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it was, it was straight. Do you know this? And then it was like, no. So I was, I was educated when I left there, came back to a PWI, um, which was between Kalamazoo Valley and Western Michigan university graduated from both. It's a great day to be a Bronco. Uh, my degree is in secondary ed, English, history, African studies, and my master's is, uh, sociocultural studies and, I'm all but thesis in that program. So I'm a mom, a sister. Um, I've been a long time advocate for students, for people of color. I am an Afro-Latina, so I represent black and brown people. But when it comes to public education, I represent everybody. So now my son, as some of you know, is now a Bronco entering his second year in the nursing program. One of the reasons why I chose to run is because we kind of overlook local politics. And as I reached my 20th year in education, I was noticing how funding was being cut to our most um, disproportionate areas when it came to people losing financial aid, as many of us may have be have um, are have been susceptible to. And there was funding out there, and they started cutting funding because nobody was at the table to represent. So I wanna be the voice of my district. There has been some misrepresentation for district two who um, are, well, high proportionate of uh, African-Americans and Latinos as well. So um, people have trusted me with their children in elementary education, secondary and post-secondary, as you know. So I am looking for them to vote for me so they can trust me with their district and their county as well. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So one thing we want to get into is, you know, some things that in our community that don't seem important that most people think, you know, that don't affect us, but it really actually does. Uh, One of the things we had is why is the census important? 
Uh, isn't that a way for the government to, you know, track minorities to keep us down? Something that was talked about. Um, in a so the government tracking tracking us already. He already know. Right. I mean, we on these phones. We on these zooms. You get these emergency alerts at three in the morning. Right. You know, you checking your app, and it's like dated COVID nineteen health data in there. So they can already reach us. So um, it's the, you know, and I grew up too, not thinking that my vote counted or just seeing how votes um, were misplaced in other states. And, you know, even how our president, although Hillary got the popular vote, is still the president. So um, I'm here to change that narrative. Um, I truly believe that if we vote, we can make changes and changes at the local level are very important. Sometimes we look like we voted and, you know, the president isn't doing anything. That's because he got the whole United States to think about. But if we focus on our respective areas, we can make change. So over, well, historically, when we think about the census, people of color have been counted out for years and years and years. And so um, other people have been double counted, Um, In the past, it's been up to about 3% that has been omitted. So when we think about the census, we think about funding. When you think about your funding, think about um, how maybe some of the school districts you went to didn't have enough money for books. Let's think about Detroit. Let's think about Flint. Um, In Kalamazoo County, we really don't um, have those issues, although people of color are being educated in our school systems. So when we think about filling out that census, it's important because we need those dollars. If we don't fill out the census, then they don't think that we need money in our respective areas. And the redlining has been there since the beginning of time. So for me, it's it's been an issue on purpose, but now we can change that issue. So um, I encourage people to fill out their census. You could Google it and fill out your census and they'll give you a census number and so that you can be counted. We talk about we're not counted, but then, you know, we go rally, we go march, and then we don't have a plan of action and, you know, make a change so that we could see that difference. So I'm pushing everyone to make that change this year to fill out your census so we can be counted so that you can have dollars in your respective community so that you can start thriving. Definitely, definitely, definitely agree with that. Seems like we have some paperwork to fill out now. You got some paperwork <laughs> to fill out because that's, I mean, as of this year, that's about $2 billion that wow. cost. So we think about how schools are funded uh, based off property taxes. Now think of your low socioeconomic areas. Think of the state funding and the budget cuts. I mean, we just learned today that one of our dear, dear, you know, colleagues from Western Michigan University has been released. And a lot of that is because of budget cuts. Right. Um, so when you think about the state funding, the state gives 10% of funding, but that's for the whole state of Michigan. And, and that funding is supposed to go to, you know, people who are eligible for free and reduced and uh, lunches and that live in low socioeconomic areas. But then you take, say they give 10 million or, you know, 10 billion, that's like $2 a student. So how are we supposed to educate students based off that? You know what I mean? Right. And people don't look into that. So locally you can vote you know on millages and um you know cut the red lining so that the most poorest areas aren't being highly taxed and the areas who can afford to be taxed are you know getting passed by but they're the ones you see new stadiums being built in the high schools they all have computers i mean how many um non uh people of color do you know have had trouble not securing 
Wi-Fi. Or when you think of our, our white community, you know, do they need free, free internet access? Just think about this COVID-19 that just went on, you know, free internet access had to go to so many families so that they could just receive their education. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Definitely a lot. It's a lot. And we can make that's that a change. lot to think that all of that is formed off of just us for generations not filling out this paperwork to let them know that we're here and we need to be counted. We need our voices to be heard. Um, not participating in local elections to make sure we have people that look like us sitting there making decisions that would benefit us. Absolutely. So when we see someone on the ballot that represents us, we need to make sure we're supporting. Absolutely. So another way that you can see who's on the ballot in your area, typically every community has the League of Women Voters. Um, if you log on to their website, you could just Google it and you type your address in and it'll show you who's run, running in your area. And then if they filled out the um, campaign form just to know a little bit about them, you can see everything that's going on. So for me, if you went in and you put the League of Women Voters and, you know, my address is public anyway, you put 1231 Banbury, you know, then all of my information and the current incumbents information will come up and you can select like, yeah, we, we want to vote for her. But it's, it's all about doing research, you know, um, and getting like taking your kids out to the voting polls, making sure that they understand the importance of it and us stepping up. You know, and, and knowing that, say I run and I don't get selected, if, you know, we go straight ticket, what if that person isn't a good person? We got to think about who we're putting in office. That's the only way that me and some of my other colleagues will not get into office. Definitely. Fair enough. Now, tell me, if you are elected, and I'm believing when you are elected, how will your position have the power to bring forth change, specifically as a county commissioner? So specifically as a county commissioner, we have uh, Commissioner Stephanie um, Moore right now, and she put um, a proclamation out to declare that, you know, racism was a public health crisis. And she, and she presented it um, in front of her colleagues. And what we did as a community, we flooded their emails. They had over 5,000 emails probably to say that this is a public health crisis. And then the resolution got adopted. So it was, you know, nine, um, nine to two, two Republicans opposed, but, and that's okay. But on that level, now we can hold, we can get with the city officials and say, you know what, we're starting to hold the police account accountable for what it is they do, because that money comes out of the city budget. So when people are looking at, you know, um, I'm contacting other people because I don't like our, uh, our police department, they're not treating us well, and they don't know what to do. You contact your city officials, you contact your city manager, that's who you contact your mayor, that's where the police budget comes in at. And so when you're voting on different things, 47, probably to 50% of um, the city's budget goes to your police department. Now, how are you supposed to compensate for the rest of the city if that much money is going into that and they're not treating us well? Right. So for me, being able to be at the table and say, no, I don't believe that we should cut this funding and this is why. So for example, um, we had a, a budget, I had a budget of about $25,000 at Kalamazoo Valley through a community action agency. And so I'm meeting with one of the commissioners as I'm um, interviewing for an appointment. And he's saying, oh, I had to cut this money 
because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, do you know that you took $25,000 of my budget and now I can't help students who have been uh, suspended from both the Kalamazoo Promise and financial aid? So I had it set up that, and if anybody knows, when you're suspended from financial aid, it's hard to cough up that money for even two classes yes, it is. anywhere. And so I said that money was in place so that I can get them food if they had if they face food insecurity, housing insecurities, and it paid for up to seven credits, a bus pass, and their book supplies. Now, wow. if we're moving towards education, and this is and we want students in the trades. If you cut something like that, how are you for education? Right. If you continue to cut our budget that supports family services in our community, how can you want change? If you're not investing in diversity and inclusivity resources and homelessness resources, how do you want change? More importantly, if you're cutting from our education budget, how can you really say you want prison reform if we know that by the age by the third grade, we already know who's going to prison. So these are some things that to think about. And so because I'm from Kalamazoo County and I know the school districts and I know families and I represent through my current job as the program manager for Kalamazoo Promise Services, I know all the the, uh, constituents that need help from all of the districts that attend Kalamazoo Valley and Kalamazoo County um, students as well. So I can make a change at that table by voting against things like that for people who aren't so much in the community or who don't check on the community, who don't feel like people deserve to have an education. I feel like I need to like snap because you just given so many facts. Like that's the only appropriate reaction I feel like I have. <laughs> I take snaps any day. That means that I'm doing all right. <laughs> You can't hear it, but that's what I'm doing. Snap, 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 snap. I appreciate that. Um, And I I just think that us that I know that attended, you know, WMU in reference to some of the the research work that we've done and our counterparts may have gotten an A and we got a C off of the same thing. So we understand those inequities. We understand uh, being in a place where nobody looks like you and trying to share your struggle. And they're like, there's nothing I can do for you. So me being on that county board, I mean, when you look at me, sometimes you don't know what I am, but I represent everybody. And so I understand what it feels like to be on government services, i.e. food stamps, Section 8. I understand how it feels to make $2 more and be cut off. And I understand how it feels to be pinched because I'm in this what they call quote unquote middle class, if you will. And so more taxes are being taken out. How am I supposed to pay for my son to go to college if y'all are steady taxing me harder than the people who have the money? I.e. when we look at Amazon and all these rich companies that are not being uh, taxed and we're being penalized for it. Right. Definitely understand that. Now, what's one thing uh, that black people or just uh, people of color should be aware of that you wish you were aware of 10 years ago? Excuse me. I just wish I was aware of running for a a spot like county commission doesn't take as much as we think as far as running on the local level. So when we think of school board and county commission, you know, there's some requirements that you're a resident of that area. And so had I known that years ago, I think, you know, we on campus, when we live in, 
um, those apartments, think of how many people live in there, about 2,000. Right. Those were votes we could have got to run for this seat to make change. So it doesn't take a lot for you to run. It just takes for people to like you. And if you can get people to register to vote, which is very important, if you can get people to fill out their census, which is very important, and tune into a county commission meeting or a city commission meeting every now and then, just so you know what's on the agenda, and then you can rally up some people to make a change. So, for example, um, some of the uh, immigrants that lived in our area or people that were considered DACA couldn't have an ID to just even cash their checks, you know, to just even maybe go and buy a drink in a store. And so they rallied up and they got some things changed. They went down to the county commission building and now they have county IDs so that they can function. So um, when we talk about the things that we need and we rally together and really push for it, it can happen. So um, I just wish that people were in my ear years ago saying, hey, you can do this and you can make change outside of just marching or, you know, putting some post up and then it dies down. You being in a political chair, it, it's not going to die down. You always got stuff on your agenda and you can fight for your people. Definitely. Now, do you, do anyone here have any questions that you want to ask? I do. Okay. Um, I know I'm in, I'm not in Michigan, but um, you mentioned, like, I wanted to go back to the census because you mentioned people filling out the census. And I just wanted to know, I know in the communities that I've taught in, there's been hesitancy around the census because of the documentation, because of documentation. And so like, what does that mean for undocumented folks and how can they participate in Michigan? And I mean, as far as that go, it is tricky, you know, and I don't want to lead anybody in the wrong way. So um, as long as you're um, a legal resident, you know, I would say go ahead and fill it out. But if you're afraid you know, as someone that's undocumented and still may be working, um, I wouldn't personally put that attention towards myself. But if you're working and you, and you, you know, you have the proper identification, um, you know, I would encourage you to do what you can for your community. I, I wouldn't request that anybody be in harm's danger. So when we think of that, say someone did that, um, you could and say ICE came to that department, you know, and, and picked them up, you can tell your, your county sheriff, like, I don't want you housing, um, you know, people that the federal government have picked up via ICE, housing them in our county jails that we pay taxes on. So there's, there's different ways to get over that. What would be like the rally votes, like, um, like creating this, uh like form like is it like signature like a certain amount of signatures that you will have to get in order to even get the attention of the county commissioners like what would that uh what would that protest type look like when trying to get things like that passed so it doesn't even have to be a protest you there's public comment at every county commission meeting and you can go and stand and say hey here's a resolution um that i want you list your problems you say hey you know, here's some people that follow behind me. Here's their signatures, emails. They live in this specific different district, excuse me, and they want change. So, you know, maybe they'll listen. And then if you don't get what you want, you go back. 
and you do it again. So there are some people, um, I've been to several county commission meetings and there's some water issues that we're facing in Kalamazoo County. And so one of them is flooding. So a, a district came out and now they're up to see a judge in, in FEMA to get the funding that they need, but it was because they pressed it, they did their homework and they presented it to the county commission several times. And then that proposal went and the county commission voted on it. So as long as you're bringing your people in and you make relationships with county commissioners, which is gonna be important. And that's just an email. Hey, my name is such and such. I have some questions, you know, can we sit down and meet? Hey, my name is such and such. Can you just reply via email? And it's their job to reply to you as their constituent. So what you're saying is actually contacting the people in power does more than making a Facebook post to complain about it. Absolutely. That's what I'm hearing. Looking at Facebook posts. She not, they I mean, but you would that. think by the way people, by the way people get on talking, Facebook Live, all these posts, 500 likes, 1,000 shares, all this stuff, you would think that that's how people expect change to happen. But we actually nah. have people in these positions who can make things happen. We just have to actually bring it to the right place. So when we think of George Floyd, yeah, it went viral, but there were people contacting that mayor, contacting the city manager, contacting the chief of police. Yeah, it amplified, you know, through Facebook. Yes, that's how, you know, initially it was shown to us, but stuff can be shown. But if we don't go out there and protest and, and put our foot on their necks for change, then nothing is going to happen. So, I mean, just how many videos a day do you see with a thousand likes or 18,000 likes, you know, that has been pushed under the rug? So if you don't yeah. send those emails and your friends don't send those emails out to people, you know, it can fall on deaf ears. So, it, I mean, now that everything is via Zoom, you can actually Zoom into your county commission meetings and they have meeting IDs and you can go into public comment and voice your opinion. So, wow. um for your respective areas, I would suggest that you Google that, whatever your county is. If it's Jackson County Commission, Battle Creek County Commission, Detroit County Commission, I would see who's on that board and do your research on them and see what they what they vote for, see what their morals are, and if you align with it. And if you're in that area, say you're in a district too, and you don't think that person aligns with what you believe in, then you go find somebody or you yourself run for that position and get people to support you. Definitely. And one thing I just have to add is that non-people of color, I don't want to say any specific colors, but non-people of color are not afraid of using their voice to make change. So we can't either. We can't allow us to just be silent. It, it just, it's not going to create any forward motion. And that's exactly what we need to happen. Oh, absolutely. Non-people of color, you know, when, when people are sick and tired, they're always using their voices. And sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, they know the right people. So right now I'm encouraging y'all to know the right people, to um, ask some questions. You can start tonight, Google your county commissioners and ask them what's on their agenda for August 4th. You can go to that League of Women Voters to see who's actually on the ballot. Ballots are out. You can do absentee ballots. Um, applications are out. I'm personally going to the polls. Um, I'm not there yet with the absentee and filling out my application to do it by mail, but I am for registering folks to vote and coming to them to help them fill it out um, and to help them know how to mail things in. And my information is in, is going to be in English and Spanish as well. So 
Um, those are things that you all could work on. You have a platform and an audience that's listening to you. So in these upcoming months, the primaries are going to be important. So just how we saw uh, Kamala get knocked out and Elizabeth Warren get knocked out, those were all through primaries and raising money. So it's important that um, you donate to folks' campaigns. If you can't donate, that you volunteer. Volunteer could be just posting their stuff, sending them an email, doing a phone bank. You know, it doesn't always have, and just making sure that if you know somebody in Kalamazoo that doesn't know, you know, people that are running, that you reach out to those respective neighborhoods and say, hey, I need you to go knock on your neighbor's door and let them know what to do. So August 4 is going to be very, very important for your local levels as far as like county commission. You have some state reps that are coming up. You need to be familiar with those folks because that's where like your education. You cut out again. Zero to you have Congress. Hold on. Hold on. You said uh, state representatives are coming up and then you cut out. Uh-huh. Again. State, you have state representatives. Um, I think they they start coming around in July. Um, so they'll be um, coming, trying to get endorsements and they'll start coming up on um, on those uh, primary ballots as well. When you think of school board. Um, they'll be coming they'll just be on that november ballot so this november 2020 ballot is going to be very very important this presidential election and then there are going to be uh, local elections state elections and county elections all on that ballot so i encourage you all to get registered to vote complete your census if your ids are expired uh get them updated you know and just be ready to come out strong and and vote this year definitely definitely Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Montes, for joining the Copacetic Hour. We appreciate you. Um, if you're listening and you feel like you want to donate to Montes' campaign, you can via Cash App at dollar sign Montes Morales 2020. That's M-O-N-T-E-Z-E Morales 2020. You can donate via ActBlue at actblue.com slash donate slash Montes Morales or via check written out to Friends of Montes Morales, mailed to 1231 Banbury Road in Kalamazoo, Michigan. There's ways to volunteer. There's ways to follow Montes on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Montes Morales. Again, she's running for Kalamazoo County Commission District 2. Um, Be sure to get out and vote August 4th. August 4th. Make sure you go out and vote. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate your time. Good luck. It's an amazing platform. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm rooting for y'all. Make sure y'all fill out your census vote. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Are you tired of paying unnecessary fees for banking? Do you only use mobile banking anyway and hate going into the branch to handle your business? If so, Chime is the copacetic option for you. It's one of the fastest growing banks in America, charging a total of $0 in fees. Join Chime today using our special code, and get a free $50 after your first direct deposit of $200 or more within your first 45 days of opening the account. Find the special code in our Instagram profile and join the Chime family today. You're tuning in to the Copacetic Hour. Why don't you just chill? Why don't you just chill? Why don't you just
back to the podcast. So that was dope. You know, shout out to Montes Morales. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you go vote for her. You know what I'm saying? She's helped me out with a few things. Very impactful in my college career, I would say. Make sure y'all go out yeah. and vote August 4th. Make sure y'all do that. So this question here, uh, I actually had it for part one. We never got to it, so I wanted to get to it on this one. Um, well, aren't we doing the email of the week to go with that? Okay, you have the email? Yep, I got the email. Okay. got it loaded right here. Go ahead. I wanted to make sure that we got to this because <clears throat> this individual actually sent a follow-up one, like, can you guys please address this? So <laughs> we got to make sure that we get her issue talked about because this is just interesting and it goes with the times that we're dealing with right now. Okay. Um, so she says, hey, Copacetic Hour, I'm a new employee. This is my first month in. And I've already noticed some some racial comments that make me uncomfortable. It's more than just people just touching my hair without asking permission first. I just got out of grad school and this is my first full-time job. So I don't wanna mess this up. When I hear insensitive comments, how should I confront it? When my team hasn't even had a chance to fully get to know me yet. We mostly work on Zoom. How can I approach these conversations online when I know it might get screenshotted and shared or video recorded and shared? I have so many questions about context. Like, yeah. does this person have any, like, what do they do? So, I, okay, <laughs> I've talked to them a little bit. Oddly enough, I've just like emailed back and forth to getting more information because you're right, it is super vague. So they work in public relations. Okay. You would think people in public relations know how to <laughs> act, but apparently not. Um, mm. And How are you so dealing with common sense and a gut, man? Insensitive comments have ra have ranged from things like I said before, like the touching of hair without being asked, to people asking if she likes stereotypical black food, to people asking insensitively about how she feels about what's happening to all the black people right now. Well, she needs to address it. She needs to address it in in a respectful and ultra professional way. That way, if she is terminated later on, there's a precedent for like termination. I mean, I feel like I, I haven't dealt with like that stuff every day, but at my job, when I started, I would hear a lot of different things about a lot of different types of people uh, all the time because you need the bread. I would tell her to get like, keep putting apps in other jobs, maybe get like a recording app for your phone. You can get things that record just like daily while it's in your pocket. Right. You can have stuff like that. Right. Um, record the conversations with her boss, you know, just bring it up respectfully the way she gets gaffed off, she has something. Um, unfortunately, there's not a, I don't, I don't think there's a, a great answer here because you, you, you're trying to build that resume or you need the money I guess you just have to play the game as best you can until you can get out. Yeah, that sucks because it, it just doesn't stop. It just doesn't. Facts. So one thing that I would wonder is if it's kind of like as messed up as it is, is is this like a hazing kind of thing? Is this their initiation into the company? See if you have tough enough skin to be able to deal with it. Um, because that's, kind of how people are in some situations. I mean, I'm not one to have never experienced racial comments at work. I get it all the time. 
I've had some really wild ones. I've had people pull me aside and ask if my husband was as well endowed as some of the typical black male specimens that they've seen. <laughs> What'd you tell them, babe? Bro, we ain't trying to hear about your meat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. I don't feel like my coworkers should have been either. Like that, that borderline, it's definitely on racial insensitivity. That's on sexual harassment at that point. And I'm just like, why are we having this conversation? And like, there's some, there are some wild things that people just feel like they can say right. without, you know, without any consequence. Um, but I can't say that that experience alone is like, oh man, I need to quit or I need to even report this. Right. It's just like, all right, white people, white people in. Right. So when I had that blazer on at the Christmas party, you know what I'm saying? That... Those, those slacks, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What was they talking about? I'm so mad that this is happening. People had to know, people so had to know. I think it is so important for her to have to say something. Yeah. <laughs> she has no, to you think no, she should say something. It's important for them to say something because if every black person for their definition of diversity and inclusion, right. for every black person that has ever worked there, if they have always quit because they felt that way, then they're never, they're never, they have never been challenged to stop doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she may be the person to challenge them. And so it's, it's, I, I feel like she should definitely like be real, be real careful with how she do it. Right. Um, but she definitely have to say something because if I can go back in time, and um like properly handle a situation when i used to work at walmart and one of my coworkers, oh like an older white guy um he came up to me because apparently he was looking for me for some help or whatever um and when he finally found me he was like um oh there you are you didn't hear your master calling for you mm. I, <laughs> I said it's i don't lost me. my job on today i'm sorry signing off i gotta go <laughs> right I done lost my job. And so, so and I was just so, I was so shocked. I was like, excuse me, I don't have a master. And so I thought he was going to change up, you know, change up his language. And he mm. was like, yes, you do. I'm standing right here. Oh. And so I'm like, you knew what the fuck you were saying. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I didn't push it. I didn't push it as much. Um, Cause I, I told, I told my direct supervisor and she was, oh, we're going to get that taken care of. We're going to get that handled. Or whatever, and you know, a couple of days went by and I ain't heard shit else. And I was like, you know what? I don't got time for this. Y'all cutting my hours anyway. Fuck y'all. Bye. Right. I'm not about to. I'm not about to downplay who I am. I'm not about to settle for anything when I know for a fact what I'm capable of, what I bring to the table, and any and any other job or you know place of appointment will be lucky to have me. I'm not lucky to have that job. They're lucky Facts. to have me. Facts. I bring something to the table. They're not bringing shit to me that I can't get anywhere else. Facts. Facts. So yeah, I, um, that's yep. just got that's just got to be the heart that you got to have when going into those type of conversations because it's gonna it's it's gonna be like a flip of a coin, you know, on how it you know turns out. But are you willing to stand for who you are? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they do it. You know what I'm saying intentionally to see how far can they go with you. Right. Oh, you're not about to go far at all. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Yeah. That's what I was just about to say. I feel like they either testing her to see how, how much they could get away with. So she needs to say something before they, you know, start saying, you know, I guess things that are cut a little deeper. Or they 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 feel like, you know, they don't really know. They don't really know about it. Because for, for me, for example, I went to school in Highland Park and, and it was two white people in the whole school. I I, had, I didn't have a conversation with a white person until I got to Western. So it was like all I had to go about was what I saw on TV. So, you know, I'm sure my conversation, they might have said, yeah, he he's so stereotypical. He asked if we could dance and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, I, I, I just feel like we, we got to get to know each other a little more. And, and with that situation, she she really needs to speak up if it's affecting her to the point where she she's asking people about it. Right. So I with me, it hurts. It hurts me more not to say something than the wood to stay silent. So I say get it off your chest. Definitely. I think there's a couple of things, though, that needs to happen, like documentation of what's happening yes. needs to happen. So when you talk about like not wanting to address it because of things getting documented and recorded, that's exactly why you do address it. Yep. Exactly. Because if you say, no, I said this wasn't OK with me and then they keep doing it and they keep doing it and they keep doing it. Now we can go and talk about what the HR is going to do about it, right? What what the company is going to do about it. And we can like that's one thing. The other thing is if there's people who are not. If, if there are allies at all anywhere in the space, like leverage your allies, leverage the people who are like, yo, that's me-. because there's a lot of people who will be like, yo, that's messed up, but they won't say anything in the moment unless you are like, hey, yo, I need you to help me out. Now, if you ask somebody and they say and they like, oh, yeah, I got you. And then they don't show up. You know what it is. Right. I think it's important to leverage your resources before you're like, oh, I got to handle this on my own. I, for example, I'm a teacher. I'm in my second year at this school. So I don't have the same protections that older teachers have. So I have to go to those teachers and be like, hey, yo, this isn't right. This isn't okay." And usually once like if you built that relationship with even if it's just one person. Right. Then it becomes a couple more people because that one person is connected to two more people. Right. Like it really utilizing your resources before you're to the point where like, oh, well, fuck it, I'm done, right? I think it's super, super important. So continue to document all of the stuff because you can use that to your advantage um, later on and then utilize the people in your, if there is anybody, if there's not anybody, then being alone on an island is not fun. Um, And then the other thing that I was going to say to Khadija's point about um, being the person who stands up, like if you have the stamina to be the person to pave the way cool but also protect your energy like you know if i don't i don't think anybody should should feel obligated to stand in that space if they don't have the capacity right right like if they don't have the resources or that like if it's the only job i mean it's your first job so it's not likely to be your last job right but if if this is the dream job and you want to you know see what you can do push it push it as far as you can push it but if you're like like what you were saying yo i don't really need this shit i can do this shit anywhere I mean, you know, do what you got to do, but, but don't, you don't need to stretch yourself thin and break your own, you know, break your own self down, your own spirit down, trying to figure out how I'm going to deal with these people. Right. I definitely agree with that. Just breaking down a couple of direct points and her email. She just got out of grad school. Girl, you got a whole master's degree. Oh, you are, you are employable. You don't need to take this. Don't worry about that. You've been there less than a month. First month in, you don't got to put that on your resume. Nobody needs to know that that job existed. Okay. Um, You're you're worried that your team hasn't had a chance to get to know you yet. Racist people don't need to get to know you before they choose to judge you. You're worried that 
these conversations might be screenshotted and shared, good, let them be exposed for the racist behavior that they exemplify. So peace out to that job. Um, be like just about every other black person and sit on your computer while working and on company time and be on indeed.com applying for new jobs. That's my <laughs> advice. Everybody. My favorite just, just join the community. Man, I got a good <laughs> job. I still be on Indeed. Okay. <laughs> I like my job and still be like, what's going on over here? So how does diversity and inclusion in the workplace, how does that need to be changed? Why does it lack? What what can we do to change it? I feel like with that, it's a, it's a, it's a historical piece behind it. Cause you know, the history with us in this country for a while, we, we couldn't read. So we was, you know, kind of behind in the in the race to get the get the jobs that you know people have now to make positions of, of power right. so it was like well once by the time we get hired in you know two generations in uh, having a, a solid education it's like we're not really in positions to make any changes so like with us you know our generation we like the third generation of, of college students so it's like we got years and years and years and worth of people making decisions you know that that that's just making companies move. So right. until we get to the point where we in the positions of power, I mean, we 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 really playing catch up. I feel like, and that's real because like, okay, on my mom's side, my grandma has a a master's. My mom has a master's. You know what I'm saying? And I have a bachelor's. But on my dad's side, I'm really like the first nigga in the family to get a college degree. Like nobody. Yeah. I'm talking about like cousins. Same. You know what I'm saying? Same. Everyone. Like I'm like the first one in the in the family to get a degree. And it's like when I was when I was going through school and all of that, I didn't have, you know, my mom or stuff, you know what I'm saying? I had, but like as far as like my dad and far as his family, I had no I didn't have too many people I could talk to or like what I should do, what I should go into, what guidance should should I be given to me? You know what I'm saying? I had to go out and just figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And that's a, it's definitely a, a big deal, especially when you transfer that into me getting my first job. Me, my first job that I had, my first real job that I had, I didn't mark taxes on my fucking job for the whole year. So I'm getting all this money from the job, and I'm thinking like, damn, nigga. I'm balling, nigga. <laughs> nigga, they came up in the world. You know what I'm saying? I didn't came up in the world. <laughs> right. Nigga. Took all of it back. February came around. All I, of it. February came around. I had oh, all this money attack. I'm still paying on that shit right now. God damn it. <laughs> Every month. The, the crazy thing is, we worked for the same company at this time. And I'm like, dang, why don't my checks look like that? Man. So I'm thinking, like, there might be, like, some gender bias with pay. Nah, this dude just forgot to take his taxes out. Because nobody this told him that that's what you're supposed to do. I didn't know. This motherfucker claimed, he claimed nine on this. Uh, <laughs> All year. You know what I'm saying? I, had, I didn't know. I didn't know nothing about, you know what I'm saying? No, that's real. Cause I didn't, oh, I didn't yeah. learn how to really file my taxes until I got a career job. Like that, that shit wasn't cutting it when I was working. You know, the them little when I had to work multiple part time jobs. Right. Right. Yeah. I didn't really learn how to. I didn't really learn how to file. Like I learned how to do my taxes, but I didn't learn how to like do it in terms of paperwork, setting it up. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Anybody can go on TurboTax and get some shit and get some shit done. That's all I'm saying. Right. But exactly. like when I gotta fill out that paperwork. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, what do I put? Who am I tell? Who am I ask? The person sitting in front of me? 
They don't, they don't tell me shit. Right. <laughs> right, we got to get to the point where we know what yeah. to do with the papers before it gets to TurboTax and we see that we owe $17,000. Definitely. <laughs> Nigga. But- I was that's too much. I was I that that year, hey man, we was eating steak, shrimps. <laughs> we were doing so we good. was going out doing stuff. It was we was living lavish. <laughs> amazing year. You know living your best life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Niggas, but I around. think diversity, um, diversity and inclusion is, is like they define that. Like we didn't help, like we didn't define that. Like, right. like they defined it. Like they have like, oh, this is our this is the board for diversity and inclusion. And then we have a pocket for multicultural affairs over here. Right. So it's mm-hmm. not like we in the room when they making decisions, they like, Hey, you come up with what you want to say. And then you give it to me. And then we'll we have this conversation. Right. And then I give you back mm-hmm. what we came up with and y'all got to deal. With. Right. Mm-hmm. Like what has to happen is they, they, they have to be comfortable for us to be, man, fuck being comfortable. Get the fuck out those positions at this point. Like, you don't need to be there. Like, you've proven years after years after years after years that you don't have um, the heart to lead a, a, a population of diverse people. You don't have the heart to do that. So you need to get out of those positions because America is becoming more and more and more and more diverse by the second. Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's not even like a bad thing if you're not capable of leading diverse groups. It's not a bad thing, but don't be in the position where you should be doing that and be blocking other people from getting what they need. Exactly. I mean, I think I think the big thing though is 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 education though, man. We we really gotta take pride in education. I'm up. <laughs> no, I'm I saying, big, go ahead, go on, go on. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I think the big thing uh, definitely is education, man. My story is very similar to Ernest, man. Uh, I was the first person in my family to, to go to college, both sides, and um, and even while in college, I was never like education is a thing. It was I was more so embarrassed to say I went off to school and then had to go back. You know, what I'm saying face everybody else like damn, this shit didn't work out. So that was kind of my motivation. But it was plenty of times, even up until I graduated, I was sitting in the classroom like, why the fuck am I here? Um, I didn't really understand my impact until until corporate America. You know what I'm saying? Until being able to take a seat at the table and impact certain decisions that were being made. Um, I know um, Khadija, she could speak a little bit more too, um, as far as just our recent job. We worked together and there were a lot of times where a lot of decisions were being made above us you know what i'm saying but when we go in those rooms there's nobody less like us you know and everything is impacting us you know and they're not having to deal with that so i kind of challenge myself like okay well how can i how can i put myself in a position to take a seat at that table so i can directly impact the changes that i know that you know what i'm saying people of color are actually going through and that was my big thing like i just think we, we really need to push education and it's so sad that that the current generation they have this whole mindset of let's get rich quick. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's seems like education is starting to go out the window a little bit. Let me see if I can get famous off a TikTok video or some shit like that. Or, you know what I'm saying? It just seems like everything is, just, is, is based upon this whole social media thing. Scamming. But with that, with that we're, 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 we're not putting that, that focus back into to scholars. You know what I'm saying? To educate these kids because everybody that's in that room, that's, that's taking a seat at that table, that's, that's impacting these decisions, that's affecting us. They all set the ass in that classroom, and we need to keep pushing that, and we need to make sure that we're reaching back. We can't, we can't get in these positions of power and, and get get educated and not reach back. We have to continue to reach back to the generations coming up behind. Facts. 
Facts. Just to go off of that, just as a teacher, um, I think the other piece that I would add to that, like the reaching back part is like going in and building like relationships with the next generation is literally like, to me, like one of the number one ways to get, because these people sat in classrooms. These mm -hmm. people sat down up under older folks who told them what they now believe. Right. And if we are the people who are occupying their, that's the whole reason that I started teaching because I saw a whole bunch of people, white people, because 90% of the teaching population is, a, is white women. Yes. I saw a whole bunch of people who were standing up in front of folks lying to their faces. Yes. And I was like, well, if I can be in somebody's classroom, that's one spot. That's one time they're going to get the truth. If I'm the only time they get it, at least they get it once. Exactly. And there needs to be there needs to be more of us in those spaces. And it doesn't necessarily need to be traditional schooling. Like it doesn't I'm not saying I mean, I would love to see more people of color in education right. because I was at a conference today and was the only black person in the room, like digitally with a room of like 50 people. So I please like more, please. I need to see more people of color in education. But just I mean, just in positions to mentor to talk to folks and to spit real shit, not to be, you know, like it's one thing to tell kids you can be whatever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. That's great. And they should believe that and they should know that. And you got to give somebody, you know, the intrinsic motivation to want to do more, but it's more than that. Like you got to spit the game, like all the stuff that we're seeing right now, when we say this ain't our grand, you know, our grandparents movement or whatever, I, I'm a full believer in like our grandparents was doing some hot shit too. They just didn't mm -hmm. tell us about it because it wasn't appropriate to tell kids at that time. Right. And the difference is now we like, no, y'all about to see all this shit right. because y'all about to know. I don't think that this is much different than what, what, than what happened before in terms of like what our grand, you know, what our ancestors was doing. I think they nope. were doing the same shit now, except for they was like, no, nah, the kids got to stay at home. And now we and like, only, nah, you old enough. You can walk. Put the shoes only on. Let's go. Exactly. Right. Listen, them and those, uh, them and those phones, Always on the recording or mm -hmm. whatever, they gonna be the saving grace because America gonna see. Yeah. Like you right. gonna see it, you have no choice but to see it. But then it comes the generation before them that that know how to talk or whatever that's in those rooms talking or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then the generation before that, you know what I'm saying? Like they feeding like our like our generation, like our generational uh, stages. Like we don't come together and build as one i feel like my parents and like my parents parents and like that like those generations are almost like a shame of some of the stuff that they did and that stuff is so important to you know tell your kids so therefore it can prepare them for the life that they're going to experience because when you talk about diversity and inclusion or whatever if you grow if you grow up you know what i'm saying and they thinking that they just supposed to be accepted Mm -hmm. uh, whatever by world that don't accept him accept him and then they get rejected like they gonna look at you like why you tell me this and then it ain't happened and now i'm questioning you as a parent i'm questioning myself because i believed you i'm questioning this world and then it's just a continuous cycle so like we gotta preach the truth no matter fucking what no matter how hard it is or hard or how harsh it sounds like you got to teach it because if you don't, we like, we're not preparing the next generation to be greater than what we were. Facts. That's a good well, point. And the thing that you just said goes back to talking about like, like young white kids, if we want to keep it a buck, right? I grew up thinking I was, my way was the way it was going to be. 
I walked out into the world and realized that I wasn't the only thing popping. And now, and now I'm mad. And now I got a problem with people who don't look like me because they're taking up space. Like that's literally what we're watching happening. So exactly. like, so the education has to be expansive. It has to include everybody as much as we like, yo, I'm tired of it. Like, because white people ain't gonna tell their kids this shit. Mm. So no, somebody's no. got to. That's deep. Like I was reading this article and it was of this interracial family. He was just like, my, my wife's black, my son is black, but I still have white supremacy inside of me. Like that shit is scary. Like that shit is scary. And these kids leaving, like living in these houses or whatever, that's supposed to be inclusive. And like <laughs> their own parents or whatever still feel some kind of way about this whole situation. But when it comes to their kid, I don't feel that way. But no, yes, you do feel that way. Because you don't think other people that look like me shouldn't receive justice. So I don't, you, you don't think I should receive it either. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's all one of the same. Like, we got to do better, like, immediately. You can't love me and hate my brother. It doesn't work. Period. Facts. Although your brother, you know, he get on my motherfucking <laughs> I don't think that, I think you can love her and hate her brother. I don't think anybody else can, though. Nah, just That's it. I, I fucked with you, Brandon. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored by the Design Lab at Shuttershock & Co. From logos and business cards to invitations and custom tees, the Design Lab is your one-stop shop for graphics. The Design Lab is the sole creator for copacetic merchandise. Available now. Use your promo code copacetic for 10% off your copacetic merchandise. Shop now using the link in our bio. Back to the podcast. So we're going to move into our last segment. And this is, it's always the hardest one because, nigga, there's so many problems. God damn it. But we, if we're going to talk about the issues, we have to talk about the solutions. So today we talked about uh, getting lynched, qualified immunity, uh, voting, the census, you know what I'm saying? How, you know, stuff in the work workplace affects us as minorities. What are some of the solutions that we can strive towards to have to have change in those different areas? I think with qualified immunity, you need to probably come up with a new legal doctrine or something that has a different name and actually change it. So that way it changes in the minds of police officers. I think there could be a middle ground where they have some sort of protection or whatever, so they'll actually go along with it. And then where they actually hold them accountable because in the Marines, they take enemy combatants a lot of times, like through non-compliance techniques after a firefight and they're in like zip ties and they're getting pulled off to go back to wherever their little base is like our base, because they're not going to hurt them, one, because it's the rules of engagement, the cameras are on, two. But the other thing is that they're trying to get intelligence out of them. Right. 
So what I'm saying is, is that it, it, it can be done. And when a lot of the times the military is, is usually like prosecuted though. Right. Like if you look at the different things that come up of like different, um, you know, breaking of the rules of engagement, like, you know, desecrating bodies and doing crazy stuff like that. You know, you look at some of these people, they get charged and they're in Leavenworth. Right. And that's, you know, they, there needs to be something like that where they actually hold people accountable. It can't be a blanket thing for anything and everything. Now, David, weren't you in the armed forces uh, at some point in time? Yeah, I, I was in the Marine Reserve, so I did one deployment. Um, I went over to Afghanistan, and like, and like I said, like I saw people, like after a firefight. See, like after some people, they got like a couple cats of them got killed, and they shot one or two Marines or whatever, and the interpreter got shot. Nobody got killed on our side either way. But the the point being is, they were alive, right? And they were in zip ties, right. so it, you know, there you just need to start really holding these people accountable. That's what needs to happen. I think that you can get the middle ground because we're going to need, I don't think the right's going to get everything they want. And I don't think the left's going to get everything they want right. when it comes to any sort of like legislation. And unfortunately, that's not the way legislation works, not the way politics works. There has to be a give and take in order to get something on the books. That's just the way it works. We just have to make sure that the give is going to be worth the take. Facts. That's what I see. That's crazy that the Marines can show literally the enemy more respect than day-to-day with police officers and U.S. citizens. Like, think think about that. Like, they're in war. This is war, nigga. Like, Mm -hmm. war. Like, them motherfuckers over there really trying to murk your ass. Like, they are trying to. (laughs) And you like you going into it knowing like, hey, these niggas about to try to kill me today. You know what I'm saying? Not all. Yeah, but it's that it's that accountability thing though, man. It's crazy. That's like crazy. I said, like when they actually start when they because they really do like prosecute people like that. I don't know if you ever paid attention, but there was a thing with the Navy SEAL captain who Trump like went on their behalf or whatever. Um, he did some really crazy things. Um, really messed up. But normally when those people get catch like wind of it, the military has their own court system and they, they prosecute. Maybe not a lot, but certainly a lot more than the police officers. Right. That much. Facts. I think on a bigger, like on a, on a wider scale. So like, that's something that's like something that could be done like right now. But I think like on a wider scale, Scale, if we was to go back and uh, like read the Declaration of Independence, it said, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And unalienable rights simply means that it cannot be taken away or denied. So when it was written, it was saying that all the rights, and it was written for white people. So it was mm-hmm. meaning that all the rights that you had before we came together, you still get to keep or whatever. So like they got to go back into the original one where they was talking about with a certain inherent right. So meaning that everybody, you know what I'm saying, is free to have these rights or whatever, no matter who they are, 
um, what they look like, what they do or whatever. So it, it goes back to dismantling a system that was never created for the advancement of colored people, like period, like period. So when we talk about like what we can do and, you know, it's like to make the, to make the workplace better is to go to the founding, you know what I'm saying? Like the founding documents of like HR or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And see where it's like not favorable to all people and change those things or whatever, or just completely take it down or whatever. And to create new ones. And that, and that's taking people out of those offices, voting people that voting people in that look like you that share those same moral values as you uh, that believe the same things as you and that's and that's simple as i'm a human right. and i deserve x y and z right. not i'm a human and i'm white and i deserve x y and z over somebody else or right. um i'm a white male and i can do whatever i want to women and black men or whatever like we can't we can't have those gray areas we live we live in a world where we have too many gray areas you know what I'm saying, to satisfy, you know, white supremacy. I feel like if we cut gray areas, unalienable rights is a whole lot gray area that we living in. And it's just like, what what does that mean for people of color? Okay, I think there's a couple of other things, uh, kind of to Khadija's point about the mindset that needs to switch because more than just the founding documents, white supremacy culture is in fact a culture. And it is in fact a belief system. It is grounded on pillars. Right. Like th- there are things that uphold it and there's there's simple things that we don't even think about on a day to day basis. It's things like um, either or thinking. So like you talking about there, there can't be a gray area like. Yes. And also we have to acknowledge that humanity exists only in gray areas. Right. Right. Like I am a human who is made of like, I mean, even just me as a person, I'm biracial. So I am both black and white. Right. I am bisexual. I am a teacher who lives in in a state that I was not born in, right? I, but I have citizenship different and, and sets me apart from other people. Like there are privileges that I still have, even in my womanness, in my blackness, you know, in my femininity or lack thereof. And so there's lots of things that just the entire system has to be rethought. And that to me is how, why I stay on the soapbox of education. Because, like, them people in positions of power aren't even going to have the knowledge to change those things if somebody isn't telling them the truth. Facts. Right. So more more of us have to show up and tell the truth, and we have to tell it in the ways that those who need it can digest it. And I don't mean, like, put on a nice voice for white folks. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, if they need facts, find the facts. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, if, if facts is what drives their evidence, give them the numbers. If, you know, if it's relationships, find somebody to build that relationship. We, everybody doesn't have to be everything. And that goes back to what we said last, you know, last time with like, know your role. Right. But to me, like, it's, it's an unlearning that has to happen. And that has to happen with not just white people. That has to happen with the entire system, because those are systems that everything, all of our companies, you, black companies, white companies, companies of color are built on the consumer mindset, which is also built under white supremacy culture. So they're so it's an undoing of everything that like it's it there's no there is no overnight solution. I and I I think I've settled on the fact that I know I won't see it in my lifetime. Right. Like that's the only way that I find peace in what I'm doing, right? Is that like the people that I'm teaching now, they're gonna have the change. We 
I clearly am not going to be alive long enough for it. But it's it's a whole it's the entire system. Facts. What I would like to see is I just look at history a lot. So you know, since they held us back for so long, I feel like the next generation need to be like pushed ahead. And I feel like black students and native students they need free tuition. I feel like our generation of people who had to pay uh, inflated tuition, we needed reimbursement. Like we need that money back because when my brother left for school in '99 or '98, I saw his old college bill. He paid eight G's for the year. When I was at Western, AGs was a semester. You know what I'm saying? So Facts. I feel like we need that money back. We need this next generation to be catapulted forward. Give them free education. You can get into school. You get you got a free education. You still got to get in, but I feel like that bill need to be fronted at this point. Facts. We need to attack everything, but like, is it is it more purposeful to attack one thing at a time? Can, is that getting things done or is it attacking everything at one time more purposeful for us? Because there are so many things. We're not going to agree on one thing to attack. Okay. I mean, that's also a know your role though, right? Like right. if my role is education, I'm staying over here, more power to you to do what we got to do, you know, in terms of crim criminal justice and, and I'll show up how I can. Right. 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 If education is tied to what you're doing, then absolutely. I think it goes back to knowing your role. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. Facts. Right. You know, okay. we don't have the time to break everything up and do it one by one, to be honest. There's just not the time for that. We need to attack as many things as we can. Like Kaylee said, there's people in different positions that are put there for a reason. Like Montez was saying earlier, we're trying to get people that look like us into positions of power. That way we can attack things from different angles without having to take it one step at a time. We've been taking things one step at a time for years, decades Facts. even. Okay, yeah. agreed. I, I, I mean, I, I also think the big thing, man, um, and we touched on it the last episode, is it starts in the household. Yeah, I was just about to say um, that. It starts in the household. Um, we got to understand a lot of these schools work off curriculum. You know, so they have a certain curriculum that they have to teach, and no disrespect to any educator in here, but a lot of this, a lot of it is bullshit. Let's be real. It is. You know what I'm saying? It so is. we need we need we need to educate right. our we need to educate our kids in the household. So when so when they do go to these places, when they are in the classroom, they can be able to dissect. You know what I'm saying? What I need to take in when and what's bullshit. And me speaking, me, me speaking, and me being transparent, I didn't have a lot of those conversations in my household. And if I'm being 100% honest, I didn't have any of those conversations at all. You know what I'm saying? So, and I grew up in a single parent household. I didn't have role models that I can look up to. I didn't have nobody that even told me about the importance of education. Like I said, I went out to college because motherfucker told me that's, hey, you, you need to that's go what you you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed right. to do. You know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. then nobody around me, nobody around me did it. No cousins, no other siblings, no, no uncles, nobody. Like I said, there was no role models there. So, you're telling me this, that I need to do this, but nobody that looks like me, nobody I'm comfortable with took that route. You know what I'm saying? So why, why, why are things so different for me? So I think um, we need to educate educate our kids while, while they're early before they get into these classrooms and don't allow the teachers or social media or different things that they see, their favorite rappers or anything like that to kind of be that voice. Let them be able to just go out there and see, you know what I'm saying? See see how, how things how things affect them because without education, without anything, one thing I do remember, I always remember how something affected me when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? I didn't need somebody to talk to me about that. So had I had those conversations, had an open dialogue with kids. And like I said, man, 
I think I, I don't think we're gonna see change. I, I don't think I'm gonna see change. You know what I'm saying? But right. I do want to spark. I want to spark a mind that's gonna be able to spark another mind and spark another. You know what I'm saying? Just keep going like that. So the more right. people we can talk to, the more people we can educate. I think we'd be okay. Facts. That shit is deep. Hold it down. Hold it down for the educators real quick, cause they get on my head. I feel like <laughs> with that, it's like hey, we had it. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like we 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 got creative freedom. You know what I'm saying? Cause I done taught mm-hmm. my kids about supply and demand. I done taught them about credits and debits. If you can find a way to get it into the curriculum, you could pull it off. So mm-hmm. I mean, but you're right though, cause it is a lot of people who who just a go lot going by the you know the basics. So if you don't step out of that box and show them how to apply it, cause I'm all about application case skills this is what i need you to do this is how you use it in the real world so it's like if we could keep that you know connected we could we could get a lot done and like you said i mean the, the home is big too and i know you know about that with social work so yeah that, that's huge i mean but also parent parents can show up at school my 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 coworkers are less likely to say something to kids if they know their mama is right around the corner Right. Because I, I know, and I know I'm that mama. Like, say something if you want to. You got one time to come in my baby sideways. Like, thank you. I don't know who you thought I was, because especially because I know how to do your job. Like, yeah. Don't, no, so don't be. That's the other thing is like, we leave. I think one of the things we often do is when kids go to school, they at school, and we don't really, like, we, we don't. I know some parents show up, but we don't often, you know, like, mm-hmm. ah. Show up Need and, tell you, and and also, but also go to the board meetings and tell them that the curriculum is trash. Right. right, right. Show up to those spaces where they're making those decisions. They have school board meetings where public comment is a thing. Just what what she was saying earlier, like you, we can as community members even. You don't have to have a kid to be invested in what the education is at the school. Right. Like if you showing up to board meetings and like, yo, you you're not teaching past Black History Month, like. There's a problem there, and and community members are allowed and welcome to. They just don't because people think that because they don't have kids, they can't be a part of things, or because um, they they're done with education that it doesn't matter anymore. And that's that's the furthest from the truth. Like as many other people, because so, there's a lot of teachers like Ali who are like, no, I'm I, I'm trying to get this done. That the district then says, oh, this is a problem. But the district won't say that if the people who live in the district and pay money to the district have something to say. Like, it's really just getting involved. Honestly, I feel like we've wrapped up a lot of what I've been thinking. Everybody else seems to be on a similar wavelength, which is refreshing to be around minds like this. So that's really cool to see. Um, Education is key. Getting into places of power is key. It's the only way that we'll ever see change. So get your education so you can get into whatever spaces you need to be in. Thanks. Yeah, I feel like we need to uh, organize. Um, we got to find a way to like just get everybody opinions together and figure out what we need. Because I mean, at, at this point, I don't think we're gonna get another moment like this for a while. So we really need to capitalize on it and, and, and get to solutions. Facts. I think that um, with the education actors, you know, we have to get people involved. Like she was saying earlier, we have to get people to actually go and vote, fair to vote, get people to do that. Because a lot of people feel passionately, but then they don't vote locally. I didn't even know to vote locally seriously until I was like, like in my mid twenties. I don't think I ever voted in a local election until I was like 27, 28. And those are like the most important ones. They affect your area immediately. 
I'm a, everybody's already touched on education. I've been on that the whole time. So I'm gonna go back to know your role. Like whatever it is that you're passionate about, find find the way to make change there. Don't try to be like everybody else. I would say don't just leave it to the education system to teach your kids. Teach your kids at home. Um and not only teach them about education, like like self-awareness, teach them to be sure within themselves. Um, so therefore they won't be easily persuaded to believe, you know, and to eat, you know, other people's food, you know, in a, not in a literal sense, but to eat other people's education. You don't Knowledge. want your kids yeah. feeling and eating too much of other people's beliefs. If it's not something that you believe. Question everything. As, as far as like morality is concerned. Facts. Um, I think the big thing for me is, um, I mean, like I said, I know we touched on the education thing and um, doing what we need to do to kind of get a seat at the table. Uh, Once we're at the table, having that comfort to be able to speak out against things. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a a long time I was actually at the table and another Black person that was there, the only other Black person, told me, hey, don't say anything. You hear, you're good. Just be quiet. Don't say nothing. You know what I'm saying? So there's a it's, it's a lot of times we, we get in these rooms and we're afraid to speak we're afraid to use our voice so being able to challenge different things if it's not directly directly affecting us or it's bringing change against for our people speak on that you know what i'm saying talk about that have open dialogue and if if, if it creates backlash and that's good you know what i'm saying if it creates issues if it creates drama then that's good because nine times out of ten there's some change in that in that area that, that that's definitely needed so um i would definitely say man have more things like this where we can kind of have di- that dialogue talk about it because honestly i don't i don't get this a lot you know i don't get this a lot and it definitely feels good to be able to talk to like-minded people about it. facts i would say that we got to establish some type of like nepotism in our community or reaching back or something i feel like every other community has something where they actually look out for their people they go back and they bring the next generation for, and for some odd reason in our communities, we feel like, no, I work hard for it. You got to work hard for it and go get it. I may or may not help you if I feel like you deserve it. But if I feel like you don't deserve it 110%, if I, if I'm able to help you, I'm not going to help you. So I feel like we need to establish some type of, I don't know, mentorships or programs or just each individual person. If you can go back and help somebody, go back and help somebody. If you can, if you do have a platform like this platform here or having these conversations, go out and let it be known what you can do for somebody. If you can help somebody and don't be afraid to ask for help. A lot of the times, you know what I'm saying? People are too prideful to, nah, I can do it on my own. Me and myself, even like this podcast, you know what I'm saying? I, I be wanting to get guests. I be like, nah, I ain't trying to be getting a handout, you know what I'm saying? Or and I still may not do that still. But I'm just saying, it is important that if you can't help somebody, reach down and help them. Bring. We need to all be coming up together. We need to be working as a unit. Unity is our number one issue, in my opinion, in our communities. We need to be a unit. Because every other culture operates in a unit, in unity. 
All right. This is the copacetic hour. Everybody, please let them know where they can find you, what you got going on. If they, if you need people to reach out to you about something, let them know. All right. You can find me online at limitless beauty on Instagram. You can find me at limitless miss medicine for anything for people that are interested in pursuing a career in healthcare, any sort of healthcare. I've literally dabbled in just about everything. So I can provide a little bit of insight. Um, currently I'm working in internal medicine. So we're kind of getting towards the end of the whole pandemic situation, at least this round of it. So I'll be back in the clinic soon. So you'll be able to get more of some insight there. If you need help starting a business, launching, branding yourself, you can find me at Shuttershock MI. It's Shuttershock & Co. That's the company. You can get graphic design and branding work done at the designlab.ssco. Uh, this is Ali again. You can catch me on uh, Twitter, uh, Lucky Showtime. You can catch me on Instagram, Lucky Showtime 313. Um, if anybody needs any writing services uh, of any kind, just reach out. Go ahead and, and go ahead and cop those books. Uh, we got Michigan International University. That's the first one. Um, you know, just encouraging people to go to college. It's creating a college culture. Uh, then we got Wake Up Little Lion for the kids. You know, got to keep them active and reading. And then for the for the people who want to read a real story about uh, uh, progression and, and perseverance, go ahead and pick up Nobody Cares. It, it gets real deep. It, it talks about a lot of issues that people don't know that goes on in just people's regular lives. You know, it's, it's students out there living lives like adults, and a lot of people don't know about it. So that's right. that's kind of what that story is about. And then I got another one coming up. Uh, it's called Bad Move. I wrote it up. Uh, about six years ago after Trayvon and, 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 and Freddie Gray and Sandra Bland and all of them died. And it's just relevant again. So we kind of pushed it up and that'll be out soon. Facts. Go get them. Go cop all four, five. Keep them going. We need a bestseller uh, list, you know what I'm saying, on uh, on Amazon or whoever sell the books. I, I like audio books myself, but I do buy Ali's books. Go get the books <laughs> dog, for sure. Uh, my name is David. Um, catch me on Facebook. Um, I guess if anybody has any like needs, people that help uh, navigating social services, um, getting contacts with different leads for other social workers, things like that. Facts. Hit them up. This is Kay. You can find me uh, on Instagram at Pretty Kitty Two Times. Uh, to a double underscore or my teacher Instagram, which is at two live in M5. Again, my name is Khadija. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Snapchat at Queen K A Y M B. And you can find me on Instagram at L U V love the queen underscore. And also, I am getting ready to coordinate um, youth black healing circles here in the city of Kalamazoo. Um, so if you got any uh, youth out there that needs to be in this space, um, that registration is going to be coming out soon. So be on the lookout for that. It's called um, Healing Wild Black. It's DQ. Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram or Twitter, uh, DQ underscore 11. Um, I have a supervised independent living group home here in Kalamazoo that I started. Um, we look, we look like we're going to have our first student, uh, actually next week. So that's a big deal. We're looking for kids with emergency placements here in Kalamazoo, by the Creek area, Grand Rapids, wherever. Um, 
You can get in contact with us at dreamliving.ddj at gmail. Um, if you need any questions or any uh, information as far as different services that we do uh, offer, um, like I said, it will be a trauma-focused trauma group living uh, here in California. Definitely. Make sure you reach out. All resources. Definitely reach out. And I am your host, Five, from the Copacetic Hour. Hit me up at Notorious underscore B-I-G underscore E for my personal page or the Copacetic Hour on IG or Twitter, Copacetic Hour. Uh, please go get your merch. Support black businesses. We got Pop Sockets. Uh, we just had an order of 10 of those the other day, and they are amazing. You know what I'm saying? Right on my phone right now. Copacetic Hour Pop Sockets. Go saying, go get you one. We got Copacetic shirts. Uh, we got all type of shirts. So we got hoodies, hats, uh, everything. You need a wave cap, I will find out how to get it done for you. Uh, sure, why not? So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Let me know. Um, we're going to leave you with our mantra for the Copacetic Hour. Please protect your peace, secure your wealth, and define your destiny. This is the Copacetic Hour. Peace. You're tuning in to the Copacetic Hour. This is the Copacetic Hour. Why don't you just chill? Why don't you just chill?